Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Janelle B. Stewart podcast. I am your host, Janelle B. Stewart, an award-winning beauty editor. The Janelle B. Stewart podcast is a weekly lifestyle podcast designed to educate, empower, and engage. Episodes touch on various topics of our lives, including health and fitness, love and marriage, entrepreneurship, parenting, self-love, and much more. My goal is to have you feeling uplifted and inspired after you listen to each episode. Welcome to episode number five. I am very, very happy this week. I leave for vacation on Saturday. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. It is very much needed. (laughs) Um, If you did listen to the third episode, then you already know that I will be going on vacation. And uh, in the last episode, episode number four, I shared with you four reasons you're feeling at social media. I pretty much give my advice on how to better grow your social media platform and and how to connect better with your viewers, your readers, your subscribers in order to create more purposeful content, which ultimately leads to growth of your social media platform. Now, in this episode, I'm actually answering a question. This is actually the first question that I've received. So I'm really, really excited about it. So for those of you who would like to ask me questions, I do prefer that you send me your questions on Twitter, which you can tweet me at Janelle B. Stewart, and you can use the hashtag Ask Janelle. However, if your question is a little bit lengthier and you just don't feel like a tweet is sufficient, or perhaps you want your question to be a little bit more anonymous, I suppose, then you can send me an email at info at JanelleBSteward.com. So let's get into the question. Hey, Janelle, I'm a broke college student. I have a part-time job and I don't make that much. I want to build up my savings, but I also want to spend some of my money to do fun things. What do you suggest? From Alexis Weidman or Wideman and Crystal Tillman. Well, girls, thank you so much for this question. I did have to ask a few more follow-up questions in order to give a better answer. For example, having a part-time job and not making that much money, I do need to know how much money these girls are making in order to determine what type of information I can give them. So I found out that they make $640 a month. They get paid bi-weekly, which is $320 every two weeks. And I also needed to know a little bit about their expenses because I remember being in college. I had a, I had a, I had a good amount of expenses. And so... About every month, their cell phone expenses are about $100. They pay about $80 a month for gas and about $200 for food. So with that being said, these girls are spending about $380 of their $640 on these three areas. And I'm sure if we dug a little bit deeper, there are also some other places where their money is being allocated to um, on a monthly basis that they might not be thinking about. But I will just work off of this number of 380. So they're using a little over 50% of their income, which is 640 for food, gas, and their, their cell phone bill. So my first advice would be to set up a weekly budget. Being that you're getting paid $320 every two weeks, 
you can break that $320 down by each week, which would be $160 for week one of the month and $160 for week two of the month. Now, when I look at the amount that you're spending for gas, which is $80, I break that down into you're spending about $20 a week. So right off the top of your weekly budget, which remember is $160, 20 of those dollars need to go to gas. Now you have $140 left. I also want to break down your food costs because right now you said you're spending about $200 on food. When I was on campus, I did have a meal plan. So spending $200 on food isn't something that I did when I lived on college because I had a meal plan. So I'm going to assume that these girls have an off-campus apartment and they're spending this much money on groceries for themselves. So this $200, I'm going to break it down to each week, and that would be $50 each week. So now you have $90 for that week at your disposal. Oh, but let's not forget, you have a cell phone bill that needs to be paid, and that's $100 a month. So if I break that cell phone bill down by the four weeks in the month, then $25 of your $90 needs to go towards your cell phone bill. So now you have... $65 left for the week, which I know for someone like myself, who's an adult, who is married, who has children, having $65 just for myself to do whatever it is I want to do with it is actually a good amount of money to have personally. I usually don't spend that much money just on myself because I immediately off of the top of my budget, I take out my bills, I take out all of the money that I need to spend on like you, gas and food and everything else that I have to pay for, childcare. You don't have these things. So this $65 can actually go a very long way, especially because your necessities are really taken care for. You know, you didn't mention having to pay rent or anything like that. So I'm gonna assume that someone is taking care of that for you. Okay, so now you have $65 at your disposal. And I wanna just point out for someone who might be listening, who is a little bit more mature or older and has a real job. And I want to put you in the mindset of uh, these young girls who are in college. Now, after you pay all of the things that you have to pay as a mom, as a wife, I have a lot of expenses. And after I pay all of those expenses, I typically do not have $65 just to do whatever I want to do with it because I'm a budgeter, I'm a saver. So I actually feel having $65 to do whatever you want to do with it is a lot of money, even though you might not be thinking about that right now. Um, but you're just thinking about this is the this is the money that I can go to any, you know, Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, or if I want to go to the mall and buy something, I can do that. And these girls are like 19, 20. So they don't really have any responsibility other than read, study, and make good grades. They don't really have to worry about where they're putting their money. So with that being said, what I want you to start doing is putting aside half of this $65 into your savings. If you don't currently have a savings account, let's get one. And if you're on campus out of state, try to find a bank that when you are, when you go home for the summer or for winter break, you will still have access to that bank because savings accounts don't allow for you to swipe your card, you know, 
at the at the mall or at the supermarket or wherever at the gas station. So you would have to get a checking account, but I want you to get a savings account so that you're not able to go and swipe and take this money out whenever you want to. I don't want this money to be at your disposal. So I want you to get a savings account and you're going to put half of the $65 into your savings account. Or I would actually say, let's break, let's put even more than half. What if we put $40? Let's put $40 into the savings account, which if you, if you think about it like this, after the entire month, you'll have $160 in your savings account, right? Now, so being that this is December, let's say you start this in January, okay? You start this in January and you are going to be leaving campus in, I believe, May for most places. So that's January, February, March, April, May. That's five months. If you do this for five months, by the time you leave campus and you go home for the summer, you will have saved $800. That's almost $1,000. I don't know that many people who can save $1,000 even with a bigger budget than what you have going on right now. And I think that that's something that you, you're totally capable of doing. It will require a lot of self-control. So I know when you think of going from having $65 to now only having $25, you're probably going to feel a little overwhelmed and your lifestyle is going to have to change. To be honest, your lifestyle will have to change. But what's your focus right now? Your focus is to save that money, right? So you could be balling, right? So now you can't ball every single week, but you will be able to ball over time or later when you really need to do something. And we will talk about the types of activities and things that you can do. So now we just set up your weekly budget. Don't forget. Don't forget how we did that. I'm not going to repeat it, so rewind to see how I broke down your week, your biweekly paycheck to a weekly amount of money and how we took out the three main things that you need to take care of, which is your cell phone bill, your gas, and your food, so that putting those things, putting that money aside off the top will allow you to see how much money you actually have for yourself. And then from there, I took a chunk of that money for yourself and I'm telling you to put it in savings and then you're keeping a certain amount of money for you to just have just for the week. It's just for the week. Don't forget, you will get another uh, chunk of money for you to do what you want to do for the week as well next week. So just don't don't feel so stressed out right now. If you're feeling a little overwhelmed and, and, and having some anxiety, let's just calm that down and let's just relax and let's just breathe and let's just take it easy because you're going to be fine. And being that you're getting paid bi-weekly, that $25 really is $50, you know, because you're taking out 50 for one week and two weeks. So it's really 50 and it means you get $100 for the month. All right. So let's continue on. So you are going to have to limit a lot of the things you do. So instead of going out with your girlfriends every single day to buy something from the local Wendy's or Chick-fil-A or whatever, you might only be able to do that like once, right? Which means the food that you actually bought to, for your groceries, you need to now cook your own meals. Why spend $200 in groceries if you're going to order out pizza and eat out all the time? Anything else that you might be spending your money on is going to have to be scaled back so that you may not do it as often as you once did, but you still can do it. And I also want to mention this, that savings of the $40 every single week is so that you can save up to do something bigger and greater that you may want to do. Because one of the things that I thought about was when I asked the question about what are some of the fun things you want to do? What is fun things? 
she shared that she wanted to be able to go on vacation. So let me first go into um, some fun, inexpensive things that you can do before we tackle the big extravaganza, which is vacationing in college. And I did that successfully twice. So it can happen on a very small budget. So let's think about some fun, inexpensive things you can do. So game nights and movie nights are super, super fun. And if you're currently living on ca- off campus, which is what I believe to be the case, then you have your own space where you can have a game night, you can have a movie night, you can invite your friends to come over. And what I suggest you do is don't just let them come over empty handed. Ask everyone to bring $5. This may be like what you might consider like an, an admission fee, a door fee, an entry fee, have everybody bring $5 so that you can order food. So let's say you invite four girlfriends over and from your $25 that you have, you put in $5. Now you've accumulated $25 and $25 might be able to buy two to three boxes of pizza, depending on if you're taking advantage of like a a promo or coupon or sale. And Other inexpensive things that you can do with your girlfriends or your guy friends, roller skating. Uh, It's December, so ice skating might be something for you depending on where you live and if you have that resource to you. Karaoke night, you can actually have a karaoke night right in your living room. You don't necessarily need to go to a bar or a lounge that offers karaoke. You can do that right at home. You can also do a beach day or a pool day. If you live in the South and you currently have warm weather, like year round, or if you're listening to this and you're in the Caribbean and you're thinking, you know, what can I do? I think a lot of people who live in cities where there are beaches, they don't really take advantage of it. I know for me, I actually went to school in Rhode Island and I went to the beach only one time, one time. So take advantage of a beach day. And that can be something that you pack up some of the groceries that you're paying $200 for, take some water and a cooler and go to the beach and have a fun beach day with your girls or a pool day. I know a lot of college campuses offer pools at the gym center, the fitness center, free to the students. You and your girlfriends or your guy friends go and have a pool day. Another inexpensive, and this could be free depending on where you live. Now, go to the museum. In New York, the museums are not free. However, when I visited D.C., all of the museums were free. So go to the museum, get some daily passes and go to the museum and look around, take some photos of some of the artwork you see um, or go go on a day where there's a presentation so that you guys can learn something. Another great idea that's free or inexpensive is puzzle night. If you like to do puzzles, you can go to a thrift store and you can find puzzles for like a dollar or less, like 50 cents. It doesn't have to be something that you buy brand new at Target or Walmart and get something that's going to take a while so that you all sit down on the floor or at the table, have everyone bring a couple dollars so that you can either buy in advance a few soft drinks and refreshments and then pay yourself back or have them bring a couple dollars and you order pizzas, you know? So another thing you can do is an ice cream night. You can have the puzzle night kind of can go with the ice cream night. Have some ice cream available and have everybody do some puzzles. You can order sushi in or go to a sushi restaurant because I feel like a sushi bar is really inexpensive as far as food goes. You can get like 
two sushi rolls for maybe $15. And because you only have $25 at your disposal for these fun extracurricular activities, that's a great way, that's a great number to use on your meal because then you still have a little bit more money to do something during the week. And you can also, I know I said game night and movie night already, but you can also just invite your friends over to watch some of your favorite shows. Now, you girls are 19 years old, 19, 18, 20. I'm going to assume that you still like some of the stuff that I liked when I was that age, which is reality TV and uh, some of the new shows that are on right now. Maybe you ladies are watching Empire. Maybe you're watching Queen Sugar. I mean, these are things that I'm watching. Real Housewives of Atlanta, Love and Hip Hop, whatever that may be. Invite your girls over, invite your guy friends over, and you guys can literally ha- watch those those shows that you all enjoy. And I believe Scandal's about to come back on in January, and so is How to Get Away with Murder. So I'm not sure if you guys are watching those shows, but you can start inviting people over and watching these shows. And all you really need for entertainment is either some chips, some some soda, water, whatever. And if y'all are of age and y'all are drinking, you're 21 or someone who's coming is a little bit older, make sure that the people who are coming to your your game night, your movie night, your TV night, your puzzle night, whatever, make sure that people are drinking responsibly and nobody who's under the age of, of 21 is partaking in these beverages. You wanna be safe and you don't wanna do anything that can put you at jeopardy because you are inviting people into your home, so you are the person who's responsible. So now here is an here are some things that I did in college that are not necessarily the most inexpensive things to do, but I put my spin on how you can do it. So for example, if you guys like to go to clubs, I remember when I was in college, I loved going to the clubs. Campus parties were okay, but going to the club was what I was doing. That's where it was at. So if you want to go to the club and you don't want to have to spend a lot of money, the first thing you need to do is make sure you're wearing clothes you already own so that you don't have to go out and buy anything new or shop your girlfriend's closet. If you guys are in the same size range, this works. You can shop her closet, maybe add something from her closet to something you have so that you don't have to go and buy anything new. And if you do have to go to get something new or something that you don't own because you feel like you've worn it out before or you just want something different, go to a thrift store and see if you can find something there. Do this not the day of because you know thrifting takes a while and I do want you to have enough time to actually wash the things that you've thrifted. So you wanna go to a thrift store or hit up some of the inexpensive stores where you can get clothing like Rainbow, Dots. Forever 21 and Charlotte Russe are inexpensive for me as a mature woman, but I'm not sure if Forever 21 and Dots are that inexpensive for someone who may be in college. If you are going to do that, Save up your money from the two weeks, so that $25 for week one and the $25 for week two. Save up that money so that you can go and you can do this and then you still have money to do those little things you wanna do during the week. The next thing you're gonna make sure you do before you go to the club is pregame. Now, if you're not familiar with pregame, pregame is what you do before you, you get out the house. And pre-gaming is really important because you don't want to have to go to the club and spend a lot of money on drinks and stuff like that. So you have to figure out who your DD is going to do because your DD cannot pre-game. Ain't nobody going to be drinking and driving. I do not condone that and I do not want to put you at risk. So you have to determine who's going to be the DD. 
If your DD is your girlfriend, then everybody else is going to pregame. You're going to have some drinks, nothing too crazy. I don't want you to be drunken and putting yourself at risk or in danger. But pregaming is what you're going to do because it's so much more affordable to buy your drinks at home than it is to buy your drinks in the club. Now, if you're not of age, you're not 21. I actually don't know how old these girls are, but I'm assuming they're 19, 20 or 21 because they're in college. Then if you're not of age, then your pregame would probably just be eating some good food so that when you get to the club, you're not starving. Now, the next thing you want to do is take advantage of the free before 11 or the free before 12 option because that's how you spend absolutely no money to get into the club. If it's free before 11, you get there at 10 o'clock or 1030 and usually the bouncers try to hold up the line. So if you're there early, you can get in before, you know, the 11 o'clock cutoff or the 12 o'clock cutoff. And I understand that going that early to the club, like nobody's there. I get it. That was me. I was like the one or two people that was in there with my girl. But you can just chill. And now that everybody has cell phones, which is something that I did not have when I was in college going to clubs, you don't have to stay in. You're not going to be like bored and lonely. You're going to be in the club Snapchatting or going through people's Snapchat uh, stories. You're going to go on Instagram. You're going to go on Facebook. You're going to go on Twitter. You're going to do all these things. So you don't have to worry about being there for an hour or two before the real crowd comes in bored because you're going to be occupying your time and entertaining yourself. And um, while you're there, of course, you can't buy any drinks because your budget doesn't really allow for it. But if you want to splurge this once and you want to get yourself a drink, that's fine. Only if you're of age. But the purpose of pre-gaming is so that you don't have to do that. And also, I forgot to mention this. Pre-gaming doesn't only have to happen at your house. So you can decide once again who's going to be your designated dot driver. You need to have your DD set so that that person does not drink. And then you take your drinks with you to the club. Now, I know... Drinking, driving with open bottles is like totally against the law. So I am not telling you to do anything illegal, but I will just say this. My girls and I, we would take our drinks in our bags and then we would try to have a drink or two in the car before we went into the club and try to make sure that the amount that you have in your cup or whatever container you're using it You actually finish it before you go in. Therefore, you're not like driving home from the club with open beverages or whatever in your car. That's how we did that to try to be as safe as possible because obviously we were driving there sober and we were going to drink when we got there. Okay, so some other things that you can do that are inexpensive uh, that might happen at, at night are like the movies. So I spoke to my husband about this and I was like, you know, movies are not, Movies are more expensive now than they were when we were in college. And he suggested matinee. Now, I kind of feel like matinee is whack. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like matinee is whack. You go to the movies, it's daylight. You come out, it's daylight. And nobody's there. But the interesting thing that my husband told me was he actually prefers to go to the movie with nobody there. And I think that's so bizarre. I'm an extrovert by nature. I get really, really energized by being in large crowds, by being around a lot of people. So for me to go to an empty movie theater kind of kills my vibe. But 
from my husband, he likes that. So maybe you like that. And then you and your girlfriends and your guy friends make a trip, go to a matinee movie. The movie comes out, let's say, on Friday, on Saturday afternoon, early afternoon. You guys take advantage of the matinee and you go see that new movie that's coming out. So, for example, I really want to see Fences. It's that new movie with Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. That might not be something you're interested in if you're 18, 19, 20, 21. I understand that. But this is just an example, y'all. I really want to see Fences. So instead of going on Christmas Day when everyone's going to be there and uh, it's going to be, you know, the normal expensive ticket price, I could go the day after Christmas at like the 11 o'clock show. I would probably not do that because that's just not my personality, but my husband would love that. And thus you pay a lot less for that show than you do the evening show. Okay, another great thing you can do that's really inexpensive, and this is the last thing I'm going to talk about before we get into the big extravaganza of vacation. Another thing you can do is bowling. Now, bowling is also one of those activities that can be very costly because you have to pay for your shoes, you have to pay for your lane, and you might want to buy some soft drinks and some food. So what you want to do is, instead of going on a, you want to take advantage of those inexpensive or lower cost nights where they're usually on Mondays or Tuesdays because a lot of people are not bowling on a Monday or Tuesday and there's no like big celebration or anything like that, a lot of the bowling alleys will actually offer like a discount on a lane or maybe your shoes will be free or something like that. So take advantage of those cheaper nights so that you can go and you can... um bowl and save a lot of money on bowling. And if you're in college, you know, you kind of have that luxury of going at any time you want to because your classes are usually earlier in the day. Whereas I can't really go bowl on a Monday. My kids got school the next day. You know, I got to put these babies down for bed. (laughs) So my life is so different. You know, that's the freedom of being in college and not really having so many responsibilities and so many worries. You can just, you have the freedom to do pretty much anything you want at this age. It's a beautiful age. I hope you ladies are really, really enjoying it. Okay, now let's get into the big extravaganza. How in the world do you save for a vacation when you're in college? So the way you save for vacation when you're in college is exactly what I told you. It's putting that money aside every single month. If the information that I gave in the very beginning of this podcast about budgeting is something that you're going to find really difficult, you're not going to be able to do it, you cannot live up to it, then going on vacation is probably something that you will not be able to do. And that's fine because not everybody has to go on vacation in college. You can, of course, just do all of the fun, amazing things that I just shared with you. You can still have a great college experience and not have ever gone on a vacation, And if that is the case, then there's really no need to save as much money every single week um, as I suggested because you don't have a goal of really putting that money anywhere unless, of course, your goal is to save up that money to buy something special for yourself or you're about to get out of college and you want to have some money on the side because you don't know when you're going to get a job. Those are all great reasons to save money while you're in college. But if you do want to go on vacation, then that money is being saved for vacation. So my tips would be to save as far in advance from the vacation as possible. Um, When I was in college, we knew we were going to go to Miami. We knew this because we saw photos of people who had gone to Miami during our freshman year. We saw these photos of them. At the time, cell phone pictures and all that, cell phones weren't really big. So we saw these pictures like in print. (laughs) We saw the print pictures 
and everyone had such an amazing time. It looked so beautiful. And of course, people shared their stories with, with us of their experiences and what they did. And we just had to go. So when we came on campus, the beginning of sophomore year, September, we started saving right away. So if you're doing what I just suggested to you from the moment you get on campus and you know your vacation is in May, so you're saving $160 every single month going with the budget that we set out in the beginning. So that's September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, and May, which is eight months later. So when I multiply that $160 that I'm saving every single month with by the eight months for the vacation, I'm saving $1,280. I'll repeat that number because I know you're probably thinking, what? (laughs) If I save $160 every single month just by putting away $40 a week and I multiply that by the eight months before my trip, I'm saving $1,280. Yes, you can do it. You can do it. So how do you best use all this money for your vacation? So the first thing you need to take care of is your your flight. That's something that you can't wait around to pay because flights fluctuate and ultimately they go higher and higher and higher, never to go back down as you get closer to the date. So within the first two months of saving that $160, what you're going to do is buy your ticket. You should already know like the date of what you're going to do. You should already have identified who you want to go with and they should be on board. If you're really good at organization and you're really good at planning things, then you definitely want to start getting everybody in the mind frame of we got to save this money because we're going on vacation. And you want to in the first two months, everybody should be getting their ticket. Of course, you can leave the ticket window to purchase open because your friends can buy their ticket pretty much any time they can afford it. That's something that you don't really need to worry about. You just take care of your ticket. And within that first two months, you've saved $320. You can pretty much buy a ticket anywhere in the U.S. for that amount of money if you're buying it like seven, eight months out. Now, the next thing you want to do is start looking for a hotel and you need to identify how many people you can fit in this hotel. I say if you can fit four girls minimum to six girls, that's probably the type of hotel accommodations you want to have. So you'd have two double beds or two queen size beds with two girls on each bed. That's four people. And if your hotel can offer a pull-out sofa or something like that, you can fit two more people in that room, which would give you uh, six girls in one room. Now, if you're going to be there for, let's say, four four days or five days, having that many people in the room is awesome because essentially each person is taking over one night in the hotel, making this cost so much more effective. So let's say, for example, you find a really affordable hotel and it's like $100 a night. If there are four of you and you stay for four days, that's $100 a night for you. If there are six of you and you stay for four days, it's only like $67 a night for you. And that's assuming you find a very inexpensive hotel. If you find a hotel that's even cheaper, then of course you save even more. And if you find a hotel that's a little bit more then whatever the cost is per night, you just divide that by how many girls are there. And that's how you decide like how many it is, how much it's going to be. So if you can find up four girls to go, you stay for four days, you only spend $100. Now you've spent 
I don't know, 250 on your ticket and $100 on your hotel, you've only spent $350 on this trip. Let's say you need $100 to eat every single day. Two meals usually on vacation is enough, some snacks and some other little things. You only really need now $400 in addition to the money that you've just spent. So now your budget is $750. You've only use a little more than half of the money that you've saved. And you want to obviously buy things for your vacation. You want to buy clothing to wear there. Uh, You want to buy maybe souvenirs while you're there. So you have a lot of money at your disposal to do a lot with. And I just want to quickly address the um, income taxes and things like that. If you're working, you will get income taxes, which will totally help you with your budget. I remember being in college and some of the students, some of my friends, they would get refunds. I don't recommend you use your refund to go on vacation, your like college refund, because if you have any type of student loan, getting a refund is basically using your student loan money because you still got to pay that back. It's not the same as a tax refund where you're able to use that money that you, you're getting back money that you overpaid to the government every time you got paid in your paycheck. A refund from the school or from the college is money that's coming out of your loan because you didn't use it for your school expenses, so they give it to you. But you still got to pay that money back. So it actually works out better for you to use that money and pay off some of your student loan debt or buy your books or whatever it may be. But put that back into your education instead of using that for vacation. (laughs) But I know a lot of people that did that. And I was just like, that makes like absolutely no sense. All right. So that's really it. That's the end of my advice. I really do hope that you ladies were able to get some great stuff out of this. Uh, Some of the advice that I gave, you might have to tweak it. I understand. This is more of like a, uh, a blueprint. It's like the shell of what you can do and take it and make it work for you. For those of you who are listening and your budget is different than these girls, you can still make this budget work. This budget also works for adults. You just have a little bit, you just have a lot more expenses. So you can just start taking out those expenses and make that work for you. Okay, now I'm going to get into the question of the day. So today's question is, what is the hardest part of savings for you? What are those things that make it difficult for you to save or What challenges do you have when it comes to saving? You can share your answers with me on Twitter. You can tweet me at Janelle B. Stewart, and you can use the hashtag question of the day. And now let's get into the reviewer shout out. So my goal is to get 20 reviews every single week. And in order to do that, I need three people to give me a review every single day. So I really hope for those of you who have not reviewed my podcast in the past that you will take the time to leave me a review after you listen to this episode. I'm going to shout out three special VIP people who took their time to leave me a review. The first review is from Tashila or Tachila. Her review was rated five stars and she titled it, Janelle is so dope. (laughs) I've been a longtime follower of her YouTube posts. Glad to have her insightful podcast episodes to listen on the go. Thank you so much to Chyla. The next review is from Zeta0711. She rated the review 
She rated the podcast five stars and she titled it, Really Enjoyed This. Great information for married women and singles who aspire to be married. Great job, Soror. Thank you so much for the love, Soror. And the third and final review shout out is from Sharice Shunta. She rated the podcast five stars and she titled her review, Amazing Topic. I enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I have listened to it three times, once to make sure I took notes and the last time was with my significant other. I love the examples given on how to handle when you have a fight and that fighting or disagreeing is going to happen. Thanks so much for starting the conversation about marriage. Well, you're very welcome, Sharice. And I just want to thank all of you once again for taking the time to leave me a review. If you want the podcast notes to this episode, all you have to do is sign up to my podcast newsletter. The link is in the description of this episode. And once you sign up to the podcast newsletter, you get the notes instantly. And then every time thereafter, I will send you an email notification when a new podcast is available with a link to the notes right in it. So all you have to do is sign up once and then you get the notes instantly every single time. So thank you all so much for tuning in today. Before I go, I want to leave you with one of my favorite quotes, and that is, inhale confidence and exhale doubt. I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I love you for listening. Bye.